Hi, and welcome to Sepa Stories. Thank you for joining me. I have a wonderful new story that we're going to read today, and it is called A Tea Leaf Readings and Letters. This is written by Ash Juliet, and we have featured Ash Juliet on Sepa Stories before. I absolutely love this writer's uh, stories, and she writes a lot of them. So this one is a Charlie Weasley and Hermione pairing, which is a little unusual, but I like this pairing together. And there is a summary as written by Ash Juliet for the story, and it says, when Hermione's tea leaf reading starts to come true, she is scared of her future, and Harry helps her to overcome her insecurities. So this is not uh, canon compliant. This is departure from it. It is rated K, so it is for everybody. It does have features of romance and drama, and as I've mentioned, we have Charlie, Hermione, uh, we have Harry and Lavender, uh, and of course, Professor Trelawney as characters in the story. So with that, let's listen to, or I shall read for you, Tea Leaf Readings and Letters, written by Ash Juliet, and we will begin now. February 1998. Look into your future, my children, Sybil Trenomny's voice echoed through the dimly lit divination classroom. The seventh-year students blinked as the fumes of the sandalwood incense sticks drew them in. The divination classroom looked more like a cross between someone's attic and an old-fashioned tea shop. At least twenty small circular tables were crammed inside of it, all surrounding chintz armchairs and little fat poofs. Everything was lit with a dim, crimson light. The curtains at the windows were all closed, and many lamps were draped with dark red scarves. It was stiflingly warm and the fire which was burning under the crowded mantelpiece was giving off a heavy, sickly sort of scent as it, as it heated a copper kettle. The shelves running around the circular walls were crammed with dusty-looking feathers, stubs of candles, many packs of tattered playing cards, countless silvery crystal balls, and a huge array of teacups. Harry yawned as he rubbed his eyes before he started to flick through his divination textbook. Ron groaned and dropped his head into his arms. Merlin, why do we torture ourselves with all of this? Harry mumbled. It's because we have no other choice. Tell me, when are you seeing your teacup again? Ron sighed swiveled the dregs of his tea and the little pink teacup. He drained the liquid and squinted at the dregs left behind through bleary eyes. Um, I see the sun. It's at the top, by the way. Harry consulted his textbook and nodded. So you're going to have good luck. You're going to be rich. <laughs> Ron snorted, <laughs> retorted. I've seen that symbol a thousand times before. Looks like your inner eye is still not working, Harry. Harry smacked his arm, and the two boys grinned at their little joke. Professor Trenolny hobbled over to them and asked, Children, what have you seen in your teacups? Tessiography is an ancient art, you know. Only the true seers are able to see everything. Harry muttered under his breath, and she's definitely not one of them. Ron muffled his laughter behind his hand and handed his teacup to Trenolny. I saw the sun in my cup. It means good luck for the hundredth time. 
Professor Trenali stared at his teacup, irritated that the boy was right, and handed it back to him. Well, very well now. It's your turn, Mr. Potter. What do you see in yours? Harry turned his teacup upside down and let the remaining liquid drip down onto the saucer. He tilted his head to the left and squinted at the confusing shape in his teacup. He turned his head to the right and cautiously poked the soggy dregs with his finger. No, Mr. Potter, don't touch it. Merlin, you're impossible. Leave it now. You can try again tomorrow, she muttered, waving her hand at Harry. Before the class could end, Trenali walked into the middle of the room and called out in her eerie voice, Today I am giving you a different assignment. Ron and Harry could hide their disappointment, but Trenani went on as if she hadn't noticed the two boys groaning. As Valentine's Day is approaching soon, I want you all to do a tea leaf reading for love on someone who doesn't take divination. You will prophesize and answer their biggest love questions in class. Your subjects will be here in our little class next week, and you'll do a live reading on one of them. Lavender and Provardi excitedly chatted about their project as they walked down the stairs. Ron ran to Lavender's side and wrapped his arm around her shoulders. Could you do my project too? he asked her. Lavender stuck her tongue out at Ron and shook her head. No, Ron, you need to learn how to do your homework yourself. And even if I wanted to, Hermione's forbidden me from doing anything for you. Ron groaned and muttered. Sometimes I think my own's turning into mom. Provardi giggled and said, Besides, Ron, we're supposed to do the readings in class. Ron grimaced and nodded. He went back to Harry and grumbled, Do you think Mion will come to class with us? She'll chew you up and spit you out before you even ask her that question. There's no way in hell she'll agree to do a love reading of all things, Harry said, shaking his head. Surprisingly, Hermione agreed to come with the boys to divination class the next week. Harry and Ron gaped at her with disbelief when she said, I'm going with Lavender and Provardi, but you two can do your tea readings on me too. It's not like it's going to be true. Quote, what? You're coming to class? Are you okay? Harry asked, placing his hand on Hermione's forehead to check her temperature. You don't feel warm to me. I'm fine, Harry. I owe Lavender for something. She's making me come to class with her. Hermione explained, blushing at their disbelieving expression. Don't look at me like that, guys. I don't believe in all this. You both know that. Harry and Ron nodded to shut her up before she started her tirade on how divination didn't work at all. She was more comfortable in the world of logic and facts. The next week, Harry and Ron entered the divination classroom once again, but with Hermione this time. They settled down onto the flat little poofs and waited for Trinolini to make her dramatic entrance. I hate this place, Hermione grumbled, picking at a stray thread in a tablecloth. Us too, but we can't drop this class, Mion. It's the only place we can sleep with our eyes open, Harry said, grinning as he placed his bag beside him. Trinolini's voice was soft as she called out, Welcome back to glass, children. I see you've brought a few guests along with you, and... We have Miss Granger with us, too. How exciting! Hermione made a mocking expression behind Trinolini's back, and her friends snickered under their breath. Let's get this over with, Hermione mumbled as she turned towards Lavender. Who wishes to go first? 
Yes, Miss Brown, of course, one of my few students who can truly see. Hermione Trelawney crewed as she raved her hand at Lavender. Lavender beamed and stood up, grabbing Hermione's arm and dragging her to the middle of the classroom with her. I'll be doing a tea leaf reading on Hermione, Professor. Interesting. Very well, let's start, Miss Brown. Miss Granger, please take a seat. Trelawney instructed and made Hermione sit down. Hermione gritted her teeth and looked at Lavender. What am I supposed to do? Lavender shook her head and said, Nothing much. Just sit here and look pretty. She poured some tea for Hermione in a beautiful blue teacup and handed it to her. Drink this, but leave one teaspoon of tea behind. Hermione drank her tea and handed it to Lavender, thinking about how this was a waste of time. She should be studying for her ancient runes test instead. She yawned and waited for Lavender to finish writing her message for Hermione. Should I read it out loud, Professor? Lavender asked when she was done. Of course, unless Miss Granger has a problem with it, Trenotany replied. No, no problems at all. Hermione said in a saccharine sweet tone, smiling at Trenotany. Lavender pursed her nubs to hide her smile and cleared her throat before she revealed the message the loose tea leaves had given her about Hermione's love life. <clears throat> Your teacup doesn't have any liquid in it. That means you won't experience heartbreak. Your tea leaf stalks are tall, which indicates a man. Your tea leaves resemble a horse and a necklace. The necklace is also in the middle. That means you've got admirers who haven't revealed their feelings yet. The horse is in the middle of your cup. That means you'll soon be going to get what you've always wanted. In this case, it's a man. So overall, the message is that you've got a male admirer, someone you always wanted, and they're soon going to be your lover. Hermione stared at the teacup, both with disbelief and annoyance. When Lavender had mentioned a man, she thought of Charlie Weasley for some unknown reason. But when she said that she had met Meld Admirer, who she wanted, she reminded herself that divination was fake. Can we do the reading on Hermione, too? Harry asked, grinning at the barely disguised, irritated look in Hermione's eyes. Of course, Mr. Potter. Miss Granger can use multiple perspectives on her love life, Trinani said sweetly. Hermione's shoulders stiffened, but she sat still as Ron and Harry poured her more tea and waited for her to finish it. What do you two see in that now, she grumbled, crossing her arms over her chest. Ron grinned and said, Lines, Mion, lines! What do the lines tell you? Hermione asked, sarcastically rolling her eyes. Harry quickly consulted his textbook and read, Lines represent changes in your life. Possibly you're going to have a new lover. Hermione huffed under her breath and asked, Anything else, oh mystical ones? Harry peeked into the teacup and looked at Ron. The two boys quickly discussed their readings, and Harry said, That little blob looks like a woman. You see the chest? Hermione cleared her throat and said, Harry, please, just get on with it. Harry blushed and said, Okay, so the woman represents romance. The lines represent change, and there's a large ring there, too. That means a new lover. So you're going to start a new romance with someone, and it's going to be a positive relationship that could potentially head for marriage? Ron nodded and said, Yeah, what he said. Hermione stared at the dregs and said, But I see a jug there. What then? 
She tried to confront them, not wanting to believe the message at any cost. Ron looked through his book and grinned. Ah, that's the middle one right there, right, Mion? Yes. That means people will tell you the truth. For our love reading, that'll mean your admirer is going to ask you out, Harry exclaimed, grinning at Hermione's expressions. Fine. Now let me leave. My work here is done. Hermione grumbled as she stood up and hurried out the door, her heart and mind warring against each other at the messages they had given her. She didn't believe in divination, but their readings had made the small, slightly irrational part of her want to believe in it. She had had a crush on Ron's older brother for a long time, but she was aware that he only thought of her as a sister and nothing more. They had started corresponding over the years, but there was no way Charlie Weasley was romantically interested in her. No matter how much she tried to push the tea leaf reading out of her mind, she found herself daydreaming about it and coming true in the middle of transfiguration. Professor McGonagall brought her back to the real world by rapping loudly at Hermione's desk. Miss Granger, are you all right? Yes, Professor, I'm sorry. I was just thinking. Hermione blushed at getting caught daydreaming. Very well. Please pay attention, McGonagall said, walking to the front of the class to show them what they were doing that day. I need to do something about this reading. It's messing up my head, Hermione thought angrily as she walked out of the class. At the Gryffindor table in the Great Hall, she had forgotten about the reading, or at least it put it out of her mind for the time being, when an unrecognizable owl flew to her with a letter tied to its leg. It hooted loudly and pecked Ron's hand when he tried to remove the letter for Hermione. Ouch! It bit me. My own take it yourself, Ron snapped, sucking on his bloody finger. Hermione rolled her eyes, but untied the letter from the owl's leg. She fed the owl a little bit of her food before it flew away with the soft ruffle of its wings. Hermione unfurled the parchment and read it to herself. Her eyes widened when she saw the contents of the letter, and her face reddened with anger. Who tied this who who tried this who tried this pathetic prank on me? She snarled as she fisted the letter in her hand. She glared at Harry and Ron before she turned to Lavender. Was this your work? Because I didn't know you could be so cruel. Hermione scrunched up the letter in a ball and threw it at the table. She picked up her things and stormed out of the great hall in tears, leaving her friends to gape at her surprising actions. What is it? Let me read it, Jenny said, picking up the fallen letter. Are you sure we should read it? It's Hermione's letter, Neville stammered, scratching the back of his neck nervously. Jenny scanned the letter and gasped. She covered her mouth as she tried not to laugh. Then she turned to Harry and Ron. Read this, Jenny said, amused. Harry and Ron quickly read the letter. It said, Yes, I am drunk, and my friend has hexed me to speak only in haikus. But what I say now is the truth, and nothing but the truth, believe me. I have been charmed by your gorgeous face and by your intelligent mind. When you hugged me then, my heart soared with happiness and my soul took flight. Your eyes shine brighter than a Hungarian horntail's fire. It is true, my dear. Your hair reminds me of a soft pillow to place my head on to rest. I love and I want to run my fingers through your wonderful brown locks. Every time I see you, I fall in love with you all over again. All I want to do is love you and show you the joys of our world. I love every inch of you, and I want to show you how much I do. 
be my valentine this year and for the rest of our lives my sweetheart i have always been yours your charlie weasley's yours to hold and yours to love there was a postscript at the end which read you're welcome granger ron checked the letter again and said hold on is this charlie's letter our charlie <laughs> jenny laughed and said yeah it is He's been crushing on Hermione ever since that Quidditch World Cup. You remember how he tried to get her on his broom? Ha <laughs> ha that's kinky, Harry said, snickering at Jenny's phrasing. Harry, no, go talk to Hermione. She thinks you guys pranked her, Jenny said, shoving Harry away. Fine, I'll go, Harry said, shaking his head and running out of the Great Hall. He checked the Marauder's map and found Hermione in an alcove near the Astronomy Tower. He reached the alcove and found her huddled in the alcove, crying her eyes out. Hey, Mion. He awkwardly slipped inside the alcove and sat down, sat down beside her. What's wrong? You know perfectly well what's wrong, Hermione snapped, trying to wipe her tears away. Don't pretend. If you're talking about Charlie's letter, then no, it's not a prank. We wouldn't do something so inconsiderate, Harry said softly, wrapping his arm around her shoulders. Hermione whispered, This can't be true, Harry. I I really like him. He couldn't possibly like me back. You like Charlie, okay? I didn't expect that, Harry admitted sheepishly, but... If he's written you a letter while he's drunk, and you know Charlie's not a bad guy, Mion, he definitely likes you. You don't think it's an effect of the hex? Hermione whispered, scared of his reply. Of course not. Remember, I used the same hex on Malfoy last year. Malfoy didn't randomly start liking someone, did he? Harry pointed out. Hermione whispered. Should I write back to him? I'm scared, Harry. I've never done anything like this before. Harry smiled and replied, You won't know what happens until you send your letter, Mion. Hermione swallowed and nodded shakily. I'll write back. Thanks, Harry. Harry grinned and ruffled her hair. By the way, did you notice something? Lavender's in our reading. It came true. Your Melon is admitting his feelings for you, and you like him back. That's just a coincidence, Harry, Hermione muttered but they both knew it didn't feel like a coincidence. Do you think it worked? Oh, Merlin, I shouldn't have written that letter to her. She's going to think I'm a creep. Merlin, that's my... my fault. No, wait. This is your fault, Sammy. You told me to write that letter while I was drunk. If she never replies to my letters anymore, I'm going to kill you. Charlie roared at his best friend, yanking out his wand and readying himself to hex Sam. Sam put his hands up defensively and cried, Mate, you've been obsessed with the witch for years. I'm not even exaggerating. Don't you think it's time for you to either be with that Gryffindor or pick up your shit and move along? Maybe you could find a better witch. Charlie yelled, I love her, damn it. There's no better witch out there for me. Sam grinned and said, Then be a Gryffindor. Hey, you've got a letter. Charlie paled when he saw the owl flying towards him. His hands shook as he untied the letter and cautiously read it, his eyes widening as he scanned it. And when he finished reading, he threw his head back and laughed heartily. He whooped as he shoved the letter into his pocket and screamed, I've got a date with Hermione. Yes! 
He jumped to his feet and lunged at Sam, knocking him down to the ground and peppering quick kisses all over his face. You'll be my best mate, man. I swear. Oh, you're not getting married, doofus. I will one day, Charlie howled with excitement as he ran to tell the rest of the dragon reserve that he'd finally scored a date with Hermione. February 2007 Whoever hugs Mommy first wins, Charlie yelled as he dropped his bags and ran towards the house. The two smaller pairs of feet thundered across the pavement as they shrieked and ran after their father. Mommy, they screamed as they sprinted up the stairs and into Hermione's study. Hermione shrieked as she was thrown off her chair and onto the ground with the force of Charlie and her children's sudden onslaught of hugs and kisses. Marlin, you guys scared me. Mommy, I win, Matthew yelled, his brown eyes shining with excitement. No, I won, Charlie cried, trying to shove Matthew away from Hermione. Hermione laughed at their dramatic antics. Why can't I ever win, Jasper grumbled, crossing his arms over his chest, his lower lip trembling. Because you're only four. I'm five, Matthew announced proudly. Boys, no fighting. Go grab your stuff. Charlie ordered, picking both boys by the backs of their shirts and pushing them towards the door. They giggled and rushed down the stairs. Those two are worse than dragons, Charlie grumbled, wrapping his arms around Hermione's waist and burying his face in her curls. Hermione giggled and shook her head. You can handle dragons, but not your own children. You know, I never thought I would ever get married to you. Not that I'm complaining. I didn't believe Lavender's tea reading, and I still don't. But I really wanted to. Wait, what tea leaf reading? You never mentioned this. Tell me, Charlie cried, trilling his hand down her back. Hermione smiled and said, It all started with... And that's a wrap, my friends. So in just a moment, I'm going to take a quick break. We um, will pause here and we'll join back for a short commentary. So stay tuned. Hi, and welcome back to Sepa Stories. Alright, so this is the part of the episode that if you'd like to skip this section and go on to our next recorded story, which I don't have one for you yet, but I'm working on it, or would like to listen to a previously recorded story, now would be the time to do that. If you'd like to stick around for the commentary on this wonderful story, uh, you are invited to do so, and I would love for you uh, to kind of stick around with us, and let's talk about tea leaf readings and letters written by Ash Juliet. All right, so let's begin the commentary. I thought this was a wonderful story, and I thought it was really sweet. I liked that it was an unusual pairing and it took a stretch for for us to you know to kind of see Hermione paired with this is what I would call unusual pairing with with Charlie who is you know of course my brother Charlie on the, on the dragon reserve so we know that Charlie works with the dragons and and in this story we have Hermione crushing on Charlie and Charlie crushing on her and love from afar and they're pen pals and we have this wonderful unfolding of a story. You know, we're visiting Sybil Trelawney's um, divination room. And in the actual canon books, I've always loved 
Trelawney, and, and I think it's funny that all of her roundabout predictions did actually come true. I think that's awesome. You know, if, if you think about all the predictions that she made, they come true. So Hermione never believes in it. And in this instance, you know, she has agreed to let Lavender and Parvati do the love reading for her, and, as well as Ron and Harry. So I kind of like that we know that this is after the Triwizard Tournament because apparently that's when Charlie, I guess, kind of took notice of Hermione. And um, so we really don't know what year she's in. We know that Charlie is out of school, so maybe this is, I'm hoping, her getting ready to be out of school. <laughs> so Because that would make her pretty young and Charlie's kind of older. So that would be, for me, a little uncomfortable. But... I, I do like how you have a progression of time that this is 1998 and she is married to Charlie later in the story. I think it was what, 2007? I'm looking so that I don't tell you incorrectly. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. It's taking, yeah, it was February 2007. So we have, we have some years that have passed between the tea reading episode and of course instead of drunk dialing we have Charlie drunk writing and drunk owling Hermione and I love the letter he writes her all in haikus I thought that was fun so I really liked how light-hearted this entire story was um, for me I needed that it was a bomb to my psyche um, I think if you heard my previous recording, um, being in a situation, you know, where we're in my household personally dealing with job, job loss and very serious worries to read a story that was this sweet and nice and it wasn't heavy. It was just the right amount of levity and, and humor and it's it's a joyful kind of a story that it really helped put me in a better mood so thank you ash juliet for writing a nice uplifting story that for me it was it was like drinking a cup of tea when i really needed one so thank you for that because the story was available right when i was feeling kind of low so thank you thank you thank you for a fun story it it lightened my my day and it was fun to voice I really enjoyed voicing the story. I love the dialogue that Ash Juliet manages to put together in her stories. It's it's workable, it feels natural, and when I voice these stories, the dialogue reads beautifully. So that's one of the things I think Ash Juliet is very strong with is her ability to write dialogue. And I'd actually like more stories that feature more of this really strong talent that she has. I, I like this. Um, I thought Jenny was great. You know, this was the Jenny, I think, from the books, not Jenny from the movie. I love this whole part. Yeah, he's been crushing on Hermione ever since, you know, the Quidditch World Cup. You remember how he tried to get her on his broom. That's kinky, Harry said, snickering at Jenny's phrasing. Harry, no. <laughs> so for me, that was a kind of um, a little bit of a that's what she said moment. And <laughs> I thought that, you know, that, that kind of fun body humor you know, kind of thrown in. It it worked. It was just perfect. So I really loved 
this whole thing. I thought it was wonderful. And then you had the abrupt kind of, um, do you think it worked on Merlin? I shouldn't have read it. For me, there was no break. It says, it's just a coincidence, Harry. Hermione muttered, but they both knew, knew it didn't feel like one. And then there's no break or anything to let me know that all oh, the next thing is it was really Charlie talking to Sam, but it I figured it out pretty quickly. Um, it works for me as a device in the story. I don't know if maybe I, seeing some type of break might have helped, you know, to, for me to follow that a little easier. But it, it's not a big deal. But it was one of the things I noticed. It just kind of follows within the same story. I might have liked that broken out. But it still works for me. And I, I think the whole thing was fun, you know, like he's nervous and he's he's kind of regretting it. And then, you know, he's the elation he feels, you know, getting her response back. And, you know, he says, you'll be my best man. I swear, he's like, you're not getting married. I will one day. You know, I, I love how positive and fun the story is. And it's just hopeful and it's really quite joyful. So for me... I totally give this, you know, a five owls. This is this is wonderful. It exceeds all my expectations. This is an outstanding. Is it an O? Did you pass your owls? I think you did. So it, it really was quite exceptional. And it was really just the story I needed to read. It hit at the right moment. And it made me feel better about my day. So that's when fan fiction works. Not only does it make you think about things, sometimes it makes you feel things. And... I was feeling pretty low and it made me feel happier. So this works. Ash Juliet, please keep writing. I would love to feature more of your stories on SEPA Stories and I'm hoping to do so in the future. Thank you so much for allowing me to share this story with our readers. So with that, I am going to continue uh, working on this other Saving a Death Eater that I'm reading multiple chapters for. And that should be ready hopefully soon. I swear this is the longest read I've ever done. <laughs> the story's not that long. It's, um, I've just had some moments where I haven't been able to do as much reading as I'd like to. Um, when you're searching for work, it's very difficult to have a lot of time to focus on things that bring you joy. So job searches are never fun. But what do we do when we are challenged? We persevere we keep going we get up when we fall down we get up we dust ourselves off and we keep going so again thank you Ash Juliet I loved this wonderful story tea leaf readings and letters I found this on fanfiction.net and I encourage you to check out this writer's other stories very well done and with that we will see you next time on Sepha Stories